0: But through real estate, honestly, you know, you have a conversation with different people throughout your network and you present an opportunity, an idea, and some people catch on and some people embrace the goal there. And I mean, honestly, we wouldn't, I think, you know, having that value from her makes us competitive when it comes to, you know, looking at these deals. Cause I mean, she knows, she knows that management side of the, of the business and, at the end of the day, you know, if you don't have the right you know operations team, you're not gonna get the returns that you're projecting in your underwriting. So that stuff goes hand in hand. So
1: your network is your net worth. Come listen to some of the most successful people I know. Share invaluable knowledge, stories, and advice in real estate, business, and beyond. This is Weiss Advice. Whether you want to take your business or personal life to the next level look no further. Welcome back to Weiss Advice. I am your host, as always, Yona Weiss. And with me today, I'm joined by a wonderful guest, none other than Whitney Ward. How are you doing today, Whitney? I'm
0: doing good. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited.
1: I am excited too. This is a, a long time coming. I've been wanting to have you as a guest for a while, but thank God business has been busy for you. And, uh, <laughs> I'm glad we finally got a chance to schedule this. So Whitney is a really a powerhouse when it comes to multifamily properties. She has uh, recently started the Intuitive Management Partners, which is a multifamily investment company that uh, she is running, coming for a background in property management and real estate brokering, investing. She is really taking all those things together and expanding that into buying incredible communities, affordable housing, and, and great things to improve the community. She's based in Atlanta. And what else can I say about you, Whitney? What, why don't you fill in the blanks?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, uh, you, you, you got the gist. Um, like you said, I started this company actually in 2019. I came from the brokerage uh, side of the business, teamed up with my director of operations who you know came from that property management asset management background and uh you know we're really focused on the uh greater atlanta market from an acquisition standpoint and then bringing on um our in-house operations to manage the asset
1: awesome and as you know it's uh it's a it's a pretty popular asset class multifamily right now right people need a place to live and there's a lot of it but a lot of people want to take it down, right? People wanna acquire these properties because they're giving great returns. I mean, what do you think is the the main reason why you focused on multifamily than than other, other any other type of real estate?
0: Yeah, I mean I mean, for the obvious reason when you think about risk, right, and all the asset types, multifamily provides a need. I mean, even when you see what happened, you know, with COVID, multifamily industrial you know, persevered, and you know, of course, there were some asset classes that struggled in the smaller, you know, C space or mom and pop owners. But for the most part, you know, multifamily was able to 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 make it through, and and is ma- able to make it through. And so, for for me, it was you know, what asset provides a need, and then you know, where can we get in where we had the most knowledge, and you know, the residential space. You know, I did a little bit of the residential brokerage business early on in my career, so it just I mean those two markets kind of correlate or they correlate. And so it just made sense from a standpoint of uh, an asset choice.
1: Absolutely. It's I mean it is resilience. You're you're absolutely right about that. It is it has always stood the test of uh, of markets, no matter what what people throw at it. I, I love what you said that it's uh it's such a necessity. I mean, think about it. It's a commodity that everyone needs. Everyone needs a place to live. And so if you can provide that and provide it as a, a good investment opportunity as well to make money off of it, then uh, you know, why not? It's 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 very solid. Right. How are you going about finding deals in this crazy market right now? Give me your secrets.
0: Yeah. I, I mean it's it's tough. I mean it's I'm not gonna lie, it's really tough, but you know People always ask me, like, "Are you just in the Atlanta market?" And, and my answer is always yes for now. And and that's because you know the, the challenge with finding deals is finding you know who has those deals. And most times, you know, you're talking eighty five to ninety percent of your deals are going to come from brokers. And so, you know, with us being in this market and having relationships in the brokerage space, it just makes sense. I mean, you have to, and then you want to know your market as well. So it's pretty easy for, for me and for, for for Alicia, my director of operations to kind of assess an opportunity, you know, uh, with the snap of a finger, because we know the market very well. But most of the deals are coming from brokerage. I'd say for us right now, 100% of our deals are coming from a broker. And, you know, some are on market and, some are off market, and I put those on quotes. Actually, off market in quotes because there's really no off market deals. But you know, there's there's occasions where you can get a broker that has sent you a deal that hasn't been marketed to the masses, um, mm-hmm. and so that would you know constitute off market. But most of it has to you know is, is coming from the, the broker side. Yeah.
1: As as someone who who was a, was a broker as well, I mean, you spent a lot of time in the brokerage space. I mean, are you? do you prefer that? I mean, obviously you mentioned you're getting a hundred percent or most of your deals from brokers directly. Is there an advantage of trying to find the, uh, you know, the hidden diamonds by doing uh, the legwork?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think he- here's the thing. So we focus the middle market. So that's, you know, deals ranging from 10 to 50 million in valuation. And so when you have, you know, that size deal, it's, it's difficult to be, you know, direct to owner on our own. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the best way to, to go about that and really get to the owner is gonna be through a broker. I, I mean you, you have the gatekeepers that are, you know, you know, gonna answer that call or that 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 mailer that you send out and, and nine times out of ten, the decision makers not even, you know, getting those those mailers or that that email. So it just, and, you know, from a, a professional standpoint, when you can put together a portfolio and just directly send it to the broker and kind of build that relationship, they'll talk mm-hmm. on your behalf. I mean, for a broker, at the end of the day, they want to, they want to close the deal. So, right. the you know, the more that you can focus on building out your team and putting that portfolio together, the more likely that, you know, going through a broker, you're going to get a chance. Now, you know, obviously you go through a broker, the price of the property is going to be higher, but I mean, at least, you know, you're getting access to deals quicker. And, and I think, I think the name of this game is really a numbers thing. You really just, you want to be underwriting as many deals as you possibly can that fit your criteria.
1: Awesome. What do you look for, for you personally and your company, intuitive management partners? What are you looking for that makes a, a deal pencil out? Like what are the
0: few factors there? Yeah. So, you know, the main thing is, you know, we're looking, we're looking at comps and we're looking to see if there's some sort of growth. So the good thing about the Atlanta market is most of the greater Atlanta market, there's some sort of growth it's
1: aspect. It's nonstop. A, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the whole place I mean, I, doesn't stop. <laughs> it's crazy.
0: It's crazy. I mean, population growth is here. Um, you got jobs coming here. Microsoft just came down here and they opened up another another data center. So I mean it's just you know from a growth perspective it there it, it you know the factors are there so you know what we're looking for is to see you know how much can rent grow realistically based on the comps in the market you know 1980s type of product or newer but you know and, and we're not just you know focused in the greater atlanta market I mean I, I looked at a deal I'm looking at a deal right now that's in the lake Lanier area and so you know, we're open. It's just, you know, it's really hard to find. I won't say it's really hard to find this, but uh, you know, the challenge is to find a deal that there's some sort of growth play in the rent. I mean, if I don't see, uh, and then, you know, I don't see a, a good healthy unit mix and growth play, then it's just not a good deal in my opinion.
1: Gotcha. In the in the actual apartment community itself.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm you, you tend to see a lot of uh, deals where, um, you know, the unit mix uh, you know, is it, it, quite, is small, right? And so with everything, with COVID and everything, we watch and monitor resident trends and we're seeing like, you know, people are looking for larger floor plan type of assets, especially for the deals we're looking at in the suburban markets. Yeah, so you have to definitely, you know, we're looking at that that combined with the growth.
1: Gotcha, right? gotcha. That makes a lot of sense, especially nowadays people are working from home uh, yep. more and that just makes a lot of sense that they would be looking for larger floor plans that that's really interesting um some friends of mine closed on a property last november in uh in atlanta as well and they were multifamily but they were like townhomes um and so okay. kind of two story i think about like thirteen, fourteen hundred 1400 uh square feet each and so that's kind of uh, the type of you know uh, apartment complex yeah. that would obviously like to have a lot more um you know, more of free space, you know, for people to roam around in their own house.
0: Yep, exactly.
1: Awesome. What would you, um, if you could, if you could find the ideal partner, right? And I know you guys are investing on your own, right? But is it something you're looking to joint venture with, to partner up with other sponsors to, to do deals with?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, actually, uh, since the last time you and I spoke, I did happen to get a uh, partner slash, you know, mentor investment committee member that he's a he's an operator here in the Atlanta market. So, you know, he's he's going to bring a strong portfolio of experience. So for us, you know, you know, we have you know built out our strategic partners from a standpoint of uh, on the investment management side. So. A sponsor for us or a co GP would definitely have to be an experienced operator or somebody that you know brings a lot of the capital to the table but is looking for someone that's going to be boots on the street, kind of do all the, the grunt work, you know, kind of thing. But yeah, we're definitely open.
1: Awesome. Well, listen, if you, you can't want, do this
0: business without uh, a team <laughs> 100%.
1: And you know, having that open mind and realizing that you really kind of have to go outside of your comfort zone to you have know, to partner up and realize, take, you know, if you can't find a deal or you have a deal and you want to make sure to take it down, you got to have the right resources to do so. And so I think that's really smart. I, something I've heard from a lot of people. So I just wanted to get your your feedback on that as well. Are you finding any sort of creative ways to uh, to finance these deals now? I know a, a lot of people are, are trying to, you know, talk a lot about creative financing and all this kind of stuff. Anything you're doing differently, maybe that, that others may not... Uh, you thinking about?
0: Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm doing anything differently. We haven't tapped into really the creative financing yet. But like I said, I, I, you know, I leverage, you know, some strategic partners that, you know, help on the debt side of the capital stack for us. And so uh, it depends on the deal. Um, But most of the deals we're looking at, you know, we're trying to source Agency debt, and with interest rates as low as they are right now, we're trying to get the best rate we possibly can because, you know, obviously that'll make the returns look as best as possible. So,
1: hundred uh, percent, that makes sense. Okay, well, I'm I'm glad to get this kind of perspective from you. Atlanta is a market that I like myself as well, so I'm just trying to get all the all the secret strategies from all you.
0: All the inside. <laughs> <food>. <laughs>
1: Uh, you know, looking to to find deals there also, and I know a lot of people are as well. I mean, I just read recently. You mentioned Microsoft is coming down to Atlanta. I read recently um, a whole slew of companies are um, making finding their home in the growing Atlanta metro, which is yep. incredible because it's one of those cities that, I mean, besides for the airport, <laughs> it's it happens to be a great place.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I I. I you get good weather, you get reasonable prices. And I mean, they just keep building. And then the cool thing I like about Atlanta too, is you have, unlike most cities, you're like in the city and that's the city, right? But here there's so many different sub markets. So you'll hear greater Atlanta and that could be, you're living in Smyrna by the Battery, which is Truist Park where our Braves, where the Braves play. So, you know, it's all, everywhere is like a little city within a city, which is pretty cool.
1: Right. It is. It is pretty cool. And that really gives you a different pulse on on the different areas. And you know, the house uh, market in each one, each sub market is really different. I think there's a lot of cities that are similar to that. But Atlanta is kind of unique in that sense that it just keeps growing. I mean, it doesn't stop. I mean, I can keep coming back to that point, but it is pretty fascinating. <laughs> awesome. How are you finding yourself uh, any free time these days? I mean, it sounds like you've kind of totally immersed yourself since since we spoke last into this business and growing it and working on it. What do you, What do you do for free time, if you have any?
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I think at the end of the day, you really gotta love what you do because I don't have much free time. But I do find, you know, myself, you know, uh, well, when COVID was hit, it was hit. You, there wasn't much you could do. So, and, you know, a lot of hiking of Kennesaw Mountain and stuff like that. But you know, I'm I'm licensed actually as a broker in Maryland, so I do travel back home to Maryland often. And, uh, I don't know, I guess, you know, work out, meditate, hang out with friends. There's, you know, I'm pretty, pretty boring, but (laughs) (laughs) whenever there's something going on in the city, I mean, we've been, Atlanta's starting to like kind of open up and really, uh, you know, not be as strict on certain things. And I'm not, you know, listeners who, whatever you feel about that, we, we still try to social distance and wear our masks, but you know, things are starting to open up. So, you know, we're, you know, you get out and, you know, can sit out somewhere and meet some friends and stuff
1: like that yeah i mean that's it everyone has to, i mean I'm, i don't want to pick on you because <laughs> yeah, but you know listen we all have we all have things that that we love to do and enjoy doing but it's good that you have making the time because it is important i mean the meditating i would say is probably the most important part of your day because that opens up everything else and as long as you have that and you love what you do you know to get
0: more power to you. you know? Yep. You're good.
1: Yep. We all we all only have so many hours in the day, but uh, there's a lot you can do with those hours.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's
1: something I struggle with myself because you know, obviously I have I have a big family, six kids, and so it's something I need to keep myself busy with with work and with the podcast and with everything else. Balancing it, it is a juggling act, and then trying to find deals. You know, investing in real estate is some you know to add on top of that. So I kind of yeah. rely on um, you know teams. Uh, without teams, without people helping me. To do those things, I, I really couldn't do anything. How did you yeah. find your uh, your your opera uh, chief? What did you call it? Operations manager, chief operating officer, Alicia. How did you? Uh, what's yeah. her Title.
0: So she's a director of operations. Director of operations. Hopefully, know. yeah, and hopefully, yeah, you know, we can get her moved up to VP. She's actually working on her uh, CAPS, which is a certification in apartments. But through real estate, honestly, you know, you have a conversation with different people throughout your network, and you present an opportunity, an idea, and some people catch on and some people embrace the goal there. And I mean, honestly, we wouldn't, I think, you know, having that value from her makes us competitive when it comes to, you know, looking at these deals. Cause I mean, she knows, she knows that management side of the, of the business. And right. at the end of the day, you know, if you don't have the right, you know, operations team, you're not going to get the returns that you're projecting in your underwriting. So that stuff goes hand in hand. So.
1: Hundred percent. I mean, the, having someone like that on your team is is so important. Uh, obviously, you can outsource that. You can have, you know, a property manager, sure. asset managers that you know kind of outsourcing that. And I know people that do. But having a team that someone on your team that can actually handle those things in house is is probably invaluable.
0: Yep, definitely.
1: You working on any like any other projects besides real estate, or is that just your main focus? Full in.
0: Yeah, so right now I'm full in real estate. You know, we really my goal is to really you know get a deal taken down and you know under contract and taken down you know early part of this year. So that's you know they say what you focus on is what you yield results in. And so for me right now, I'm you know I get friends all the time. They call me and they're like, Hey Whitney, I had a friend just text me the other day and ask if I want to do the Kentucky Bourbon Trail. And I'm and you know there's a lot of things out there to do, but but i you know i can't commit to anything right now <laughs> what i want to be doing is is underwriting these deals getting a deal under contract and then there'll be a, a bunch of time to celebrate at the end but um i believe you got to really get after it and and focus and then you can uh, enjoy enjoy things afterwards
1: makes sense makes sense i mean listen if you focus on what you want you're going to get it that's 100% true i mean i have i live by that and i see that happen all the time so more power to you. I, I wish you, I wish you to, you know, much success in getting that because it is difficult. It is something that you got to really focus on and, you know, pray a lot <laughs> to make sure yeah. to get it done.
0: Yeah. I, uh, yeah. When you say prayer, that's been, that's been big because this business is up and down and, you know, to start this business, you know, right before COVID hit, it kind of, it was scary. It was like, what the heck, you know? But then, at the same time, on the brokerage side, you're all commission, and you learn how to how to how to survive on your own anyway. So I think some of that was kind of built in. But it's definitely a challenge, and you know, it's nice to see things come together. And we're just we're right there. I just feel like we have to keep you know keep keep going in that direction.
1: Absolutely. Well, Whitney, I want to transition right now to the the second half of our show, which we always ask our guests four questions. We like to call it the final four. Because just reminds me of the you know the college basketball days. But anyways, which I think <laughs> I think you played also, right?
0: I did, I did at George Mason. Go Patriots!
1: There you go. All right. <laughs> um, what is the worst job that you ever had?
0: That's easy. Uh, so <laughs> there was a time where I needed to pick up a second job. This is back in my corporate days, probably like I don't even know how many years ago, several years ago, and I worked at Costco. Okay. the food, like the warehouse place for the grocery store. And I was in the deli and it was absolutely the hardest job I've ever did in my life. I mean, I was back there like cleaning four kitchens because I was a closer and flipping those chickens that they make every, every Sunday they wipe out of those cases like crazy. But that was absolutely the hardest, most humbling job ever. Wow. wow.
1: <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs>
0: so don't ever do that job. But if you ever go to Costco, definitely feel free to eat in the deli because uh, it's also the cleanest place I've ever, ever worked at from a food service standpoint. So they're very at your beard right there. You'd have to wear a cover over the beard. And most restaurants don't even make people cover up. So yeah.
1: that's good. No, that's <laughs> important. <laughs> you know, no one wants a hair in their, uh, in their food chili or something, right? <laughs> Awesome. Uh-huh, yeah. What's a, a book you've read that's given you a paradigm shift?
0: Yeah, so uh, it would be by uh, uh, Blaine Strickland. Uh, it's called uh, Adapt and Thrive, but it's more from a brokerage side that he brings up potential, you know, like not just shifts but competition that in your within your industry that uh, you have to really take a notice to or or factor in when you're thinking about your growth for your business from the broker side. I mean, and, and we have seen that. He talks brokerage, but it could, it, it could expand to any business in the real estate space. And uh, you, I mean, you see that with CoStar, you know, acquiring companies uh, like 10X. And I think they just, uh, uh, CoreLogic is another one they put a put an offer on. But, you know, a lot of the tech companies have just thrived uh you know over the past years and then they've just skyrocketed last year in 2020 because of covid so so i thought that was an interesting book because you have to start looking at your business and seeing where your opportunities and weak points are and where competition or technology might take over and how will you adapt to that
1: yeah that's incredible and i think anyone can really take that and apply that no matter what exactly Uh, I think there's so much value in that book. Um, So I appreciate you bringing that one up. I don't think anyone else has mentioned that, come to think of it. I do have a pretty good memory in terms of the books mentioned on this podcast. And I do add them to my book list, which I'm never, ever going to get through. But, (laughs) you know, we have already 100 100 episodes in eight months. So (laughs) if we keep keep going at this rate, I will. uh,
0: Yeah, you will. Yeah.
1: I'll never get it. You'll just
0: have a forever book list.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. have to pick and choose. But no, I appreciate you bringing that one up. We'll put that in the show notes for anyone else who's interested in checking that one out. Third question for you is what is a skill or talent you would like to learn?
0: Yeah. So when I do get the free time again, one thing that (laughs) I want to do is uh, learn how to DJ. Like, I think that's so cool. Like, I just want to DJ and probably what I'll do is like DJ events when I'm like retiring from real estate and just kind of DJ for fun.
1: (laughs) There you go. All right. I don't, I don't see that shock you. No, no, it doesn't. Not at all. I just don't. uh... You got to get some of these though. You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) I know.
0: I got to get some of those and I got to get a name. So,
1: well, Listen. I, I don't see why you can't do that while you're doing real estate. I mean, that, think about, think about the brand potential for
0: I mean, it'd be for awesome.
1: the, the DJ apartment investor.
0: So I know like I could that. like DJ my, our apartments at our community. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, that's awesome. All right. Well, good. Okay. I'm glad to, glad to hear. So fourth and final question for you is what does success mean to you?
0: You know, I actually, when you ask that, it's hard to answer. And I know I don't have all day, but I think success is finding something in your life that makes you happy and being at peace, right? So whatever that is, like real estate sounds cool and everybody wants to do it because, you know, you sound like you're going to be a millionaire and you're going to get to like edit your bio on social media and all this stuff. But I think life is just, it just really comes down to being at peace. Having a relationship, I believe in God, so it depends on whatever you believe in, but having a relationship with God and just being at peace with your life, I think that's success. That's not anything that is quantified via your salary or anything like that. It's just being at peace, having people that you care and love about support you and, and just being in that space.
1: That's awesome. It's so true. Being at peace, that's really what it's all about. I mean, being happy. <laughs> yeah. That's success. That's really <laughs> That's the only
0: nothing. thing that matters, really. And none of this really matters at the end of the day. So if you can be happy, you're you're, uh, you're on the right path.
1: 100%. Okay. Well, that that is probably one of the best answers we've gotten oh. so far. So thank you. We would love to hear where our listeners can find you or reach out to you.
0: Yeah. So... You can find me on, I mean, practically every social media, but uh, my, my name on Instagram is the Whitney Ward. That's pretty easy. I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook as well. Uh, it's just my name, Whitney Ward. Find me there.
1: All right. Well, we will find you there. That's for sure. And we'll put that in the show <laughs> notes. But it's always good to hear from you. If anyone is interested in the Atlanta market, or if you happen to own multifamily properties and looking to sell, Check out Whitney Ward. Call this
0: girl.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You'll know where to go. Thank you again. It's been a pleasure catching up and, and chatting with you today. Appreciate you spending the time.
0: No, I, I appreciate you having me on. I love it. Thank you so much.
1: Well, wishing you much continued success and getting that deal very soon so we can uh, have a follow-up episode to, to realize how you actually found it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Got to taken it down. <laughs> There you go. But to all our listeners, thanks again for joining. And remember, the best advice comes only when you ask. Real quick, I have one question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I want to ask you a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message to the whole world is that if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast, what that does is it basically tells the platforms that this podcast is out on is that you like my stuff and I'm doing something right. Right. So take a few seconds out of your day, hit that subscribe button, leave a rating or review. I would be extremely grateful. Also, I want to hear from you guys. So I want to hear some feedback. If you have any questions for future episodes, please find me on LinkedIn. Send me a DM, a connection request, Yona Weiss, and I'd love to hear from you.